0: finished Uh-oh. but we never
1: ever finished first i thought you were talking to me
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i am i am talking okay to you. All, right. all right you
0: thought we were finished <laughs> you sir are never finished <laughs> listeners we just locked the critic up in a dark room i'm looking at him right now he's in a dark
1: room and we lock him in and you don't turn on the lights unnecessarily you gotta pay for that
0: <laughs> we, we, what we do is we open the door just a little and just throw in you know raw potatoes for him to eat <laughs> and like grains of, of oatmeal just i don't it's not even cooked my just, horse?
1: <laughs> yes yes
0: <laughs> because why because we spend so much time watching television we meaning the critic <laughs> and i just i'll Pick the shows that I want to watch, not the shows that you all listeners are watching. So go ahead and drop him a line, give him a good, nice little thank you for mm. being locked up in that room. I'm, in fact, I forgot to throw you tonight's potato, so
1: I'll do that as soon as we're <laughs> finished.
0: could I have we, a mash today? <laughs> no, you have I to. I saw Patty
1: Labelle making her mashed potatoes on uh, the, food, <laughs> <laughs> the the cooking channel today.
0: <laughs> you will have to mash it with your bare hands <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and get back to television. Yes, listeners. We are talking about television. We uh, don't stop because it doesn't stop. So we're going to continue to talk about it. There are some shows that we haven't really talked about yet that I'm excited about talking about. And then there's some shows that we have been talking about and we want to update you. So let's get started with the miniseries that's already finished. It's Six Parter on Spike. Well, it's Paramount now. And it's called Waco, now we talked a little bit about Waco, and you're thinking to yourself right now, wait a minute, you're talking about Waco, 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 Texas, that that crazy guy? Yes, Waco, Texas, and everything that happened down there. Mm. It's a mini-series, and the critic got a chance to watch it. The question is here, is this something we need to be watching and reliving again? Because <laughs> that was a nutty, nutty story.
1: Yeah, and you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the season, now it's over, and this is, this is a literal mini-series for once. <laughs> so ain't no second season, nothing anthology. I hope not. I hope they bring back miniseries. I actually like miniseries. Yeah. And, you know, we still get them from time to time. But, you know, it's nice to point it out. Now, this is based on two books by people who were there from two different perspectives. One, one book is from some of the survivors mm. um, from uh, the Branch Davidians. And the other is from the FBI hostage negotiator who in this miniseries is played by Michael Shannon.
0: <laughs> Just let that
1: sit I, for a time. I sure will. <laughs> I will tell you this. If they make a movie of me, you can get Michael Shannon to play me. I'll be, be alright <laughs> To play you. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. He can play whoever he wants. Now, Taylor Kitsch uh, is playing who we know, David Koresh. Oh, boy. That that, that
0: name still sends a certain chill through my body.
1: <laughs> yes, David Koresh. Um, now... We have uh, just a wonderful cast full of just veterans, people know what they're doing, and even uh, the youngest brother of Macaulay Calkin is in this.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Rory Culkin, who is having a wonderful career so far. Now, by the end, if you have any interest in Waco and what happened there to the Branch Davidians versus the FBI, what's going on, Uh, between members of the FBI, the FBI and the ATF, that whole thing, how they handle these uh, situations where they want people to come out of their own compound, check this out. Oh, okay. And it's interesting watching this and now with the new season of Homeland, it smells the same to me. Mm. Smells the same. So the question is, everybody, because the FBI does not acknowledge what this miniseries posits as what really happened. Even so, though
0: they have, it's based on an account from their side of the fence.
1: Yes, but that side of the fence is the side that was telling them not to do what they allegedly did. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. So this, so if you watch that, you'll get that. Is this the best of this kind of miniseries ever made? No, but it's good and it gets better as it goes along and the cast is very strong. And again, if you're interested in this, it will give you a lot to think about don't use tear gas how about that okay
0: so we will take that into consideration but let's move on to the season finale of kevin probably saves the world on abc (laughs) uh it is um i always want to call him john ritter and it's totally not Mm -hmm. john ritter it's his son is uh, probably saving the world we do or do not know by the end of the season so do catch us up Yeah,
1: well, we kind of know. Kind (laughs) of. Now, yes, Jason Ritter plays Kevin Finn, who has moved from New York City back to his hometown to live with his twin sister in, I believe it's Taylor, Texas. Mm. Um, So they're there. He's back in his, um, where he grew up. But this is his sister's home. His sister has a teenage daughter who is all up in everybody's business. Oh, boy. One day an angelic, not literally angelic, but a a being, an emissary of God, let's say it that way, Mm -hmm. is interested into Kevin's life and says, hey, Kevin, you're one of the 36 righteous people who need to live in order to keep humanity going and on the right track. That's it. Now, the problem is the other 35, we don't know where they are. Or who they are. Exactly. Oh. So Kevin has to figure that out through the season, how he can find these people and start to populate more of the righteous because without them, humanity is doomed. Now his spirit guide (laughs) is uh, played by Kimberly Habear Gregory who's wonderful and she's a vet. And as this goes to the end of the season, we do start to see that he has some successes. He does find some more righteous people and we are introduced to even more emissaries of God. Now, one of them just sneaked in at the end and sneaked away. Leslie Jones. Oh, my God, <laughs> dear. And I, I won't even tell you how that happened. But it was hilarious. I knew she was coming too, but I didn't know how, and it was funny. And by the end, we also learned that these emissaries of God, they are not only affecting humanity, but humanity is affecting them. Dun-dun-dun. So for Kevin probably saves the world. It's just for me it's it's like um it's like your favorite cereal almost. It's that kind of thing.
0: Lucky Charms? If, if I still ate that?
1: <laughs> yeah, if that's your <laughs> if that's your favorite cereal, you know, Cat and Crunch, you know, with the crunch berries. Something like that Ooh. where it's not too much, it is sweet, that kind of thing. It's enjoyable and you just move on with it. So, you know, the season is now over. I hope that they pick it up again just because there's nothing else like this. And I will say that the cast is wonderful and Jason Ritter is just nailing it. He's a he's nailing had a great it.
0: career. Speaking yes. of somebody who had a great career. Oh uh, yeah, I think I know the answer to that question if they're going to renew it or not. But okay. moving on to Crashing on HBO, that got picked up for a third season. Yay! Um, this was one of your favorites as far as um, the newer shows you've been dedicated to. Mm -hmm. Crashing seems to
1: never crash on (laughs) you. (laughs) That's right. Now, Pete Holmes plays himself years ago. Um, He was a youth pastor. He wanted to be a comedian his whole life. His wife cheated on him, divorced him, and so he had to take comedy seriously. He moves to New York City. He crashes on people's couches. He crashes on stage. But unlike certain other shows on HBO, He does make progress. So in the second season, at the end, we see that he actually gets a major job, Hmm. which is actually being picked up as a comedian to do his stand-up on college campuses.
0: Oh, which is a great, that's a great run for a comedian.
1: Exactly, I didn't even know just how good that was. Oh yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so this show really gets into what it's really like to be a comedian, it's very interesting to watch. It is funny. And it's even it even works when he's not funny because he fails. Mm. So like you you're endeared to him. You care about Pete. You really root for the man. All the people around him, he populates the world with real comedians who are stars and he geeks out and all of that. He has this on again, off off again friendship with Artie Lang, the real one playing himself. Oh, okay. Yes. So, and in this season, he meets a female comedian who helps him out and who he starts to fall in love with. Oh. The question is at the end, where is that relationship? Because she's someone who's all about being true to your comedy. And he's someone who's all about being able to eat. (laughs) (laughs) So we know where that's going. (laughs) So that's crashing. Season three's coming. I can't wait.
0: Oh, speaking of season three, Uh Victoria finished season two and got picked up for season three. Now, in Mm -hmm. case you don't know, this is on PBS. This is, yes, Queen Victoria's early days. And if you've been listening to us, I started on the path, got off the path, Mm -hmm. but thankfully the critic has stayed ground and continued to trudge through the royal rigmarole that's been happening (laughs) with (laughs) Victoria. And he promises that it gets better and better. So I might be picking this back up.
1: Okay, yes, because if you stop halfway through season one, <laughs> you really don't know the show.
0: Mm, which is exactly what I did. <laughs> yes,
1: so this is one of the rare shows that you, I actually recommend going through all of season one, if you like this kind of period piece. Mm-hmm. Is it Downton Abbey? No, it's not. It's not is the it Crown. Is it The Crown? No, no, uh-uh. But I will say in season two, they found themselves. Oh, great. great, great, great. I love, and I loved it when it started in season one, Victoria's relationship with her future husband. He does become her husband in season one, Prince Albert. Uh, now, v- Queen Victoria is played by Jenna Coleman. Tom Hughes plays Prince Albert. That is the engine of the show. I didn't what? even
0: get there.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is what I'm saying. And because I was with you ref in the first season, I was like this is not working. Like stop. Like okay, it looks right, but that's about it. And um but once they meet and you get that there there's they have great chemistry, the in, the relationship is interesting. I mean, it it really works. And in season two, because they are, of course, are married at this point, we really see things pick up. We really see, okay, he's, this man is married to a queen.
0: Yeah.
1: How is he gonna deal with that? We've seen that in The Crown. Yeah. How does that work out? Now, this is not the same kind of relationship as The Crown, though. It's not the same. So you're not gonna feel like it's deja vu. But of course, these things come up. And Queen Victoria is so young. So who, who can she trust? She has these prime ministers that come in and out. Her favorite prime minister, we learn more about him, played by Rufus Sewell. Uh-oh. Okay. So what I'll say is in season two, everybody, this is the show. If you've made it this far, this is really what it should be. Uh, and I am enjoying it now. I will say that. And I'm looking forward to season three nice well i am looking forward to more by the way sorry ref diana Mm -hmm. rig i just have to shout out she joins us in season two and if you watch game of thrones it's the queen of thorns or lena tyrell and she ain't playing all right there we go well does she ever
0: uh (laughs) moving on to pop tv yep i said it pop Uh tv you don't even know what that is but you're missing out because one of my favorite um (laughs) What, what 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 do we call these the palette cleansers? Yeah. One of my favorite palette cleanser is a show. You called... have to
1: say it. I, you say it. No, you are going to say it. Shits Creek. Oh. And, <laughs> and so it's... you you're like Audrey McDonald. <laughs> make it what? sound so beautiful. Shits <laughs> Creek.
0: And it's spelled, just so. Just in case my mom is listening, it's spelled mm-hmm. S-C-H-I-T-T-S. That's the family um, TT name. T-T-apostrophe, yes. Yes, actually, it's the family and the town's name. Now, yeah. we have talked about Schitt's Creek before, but it's been a while. We are currently in season four. We're right a little bit over half of the season. This is taped and filmed in Canada by the Levies, um, Eugene Levy, who you know from... Oh, all of the uh, Christopher, Christopher Guest, Guest yeah. all of the Christopher Guest movies. You know that. And he- um, <laughs> Splash. And Splash, <laughs> yes, a lot of 80s movies. Yes. But he- and uh, Catherine O'Hara. These two are masters of improv, like literally give them a subject and say, hey, we just need you to mention these things and go. His son um, is the director, creator, along with Eugene Levy. Um, And then you've got all other members of Christ. Just very, very brief catch up. You've Mm -hmm. got this stupidly rich family who... (laughs) finds themselves in severe bankruptcy. They've got nothing. They have everything, lose everything, and are forced to move to the town that the father buys as a joke. (laughs) And it's called Schitt's Creek. So that's the only place. They're kicked out of everywhere, and they move there. So you've got the father, you've got the mother, and you've got a son and a daughter. And they are spoiled kids, spoiled adults, and they find themselves in a podunk, one pony town just about (laughs) (laughs) filled with very common people very opposite from their lifestyle now you can already see the issues and the comedy and the wonderfulness of putting those type of people in in that environment but what I will say is that now that we're in season 4 we've watched them and it's only 30 minutes or 21 minutes without commercials of your time we watch them gradually go from this disjointed snobby just people you would want to be around. You watch them dig their heels in, gel together as a family, and actually start acclimating their lives in the local town of Shit's Creek. No, and it's hilarious. It's <laughs> wonderful. And they and I will say at the end of season three, going into season four, and all throughout season four, they're doing something a little different. Now this is high comedy. This is improv comedy. It is. <clears throat> Laugh out loud, loud, funny. But they're starting to incorporate more and more endearing moments. There have been a couple dramatic moments. Kind of like what uh blackish will try to do with their comedy. Mm-hmm. They'll just kind of drop one for a second yeah. and move right on. They've been doing this a little bit more and more. And I'm finding that these unlikable people are endearing. I look forward every <laughs> week. So if you... You probably have pop TV. You're probably not watching it. You can go ahead and go on your provider's app, or you could fish through On Demand. Check out Schitt's Creek. Um, It's actually, you can stream it on Netflix, the first three seasons. It really is a good breath of fresh air, great talent, amazing acting, and the stories are hilarious, and I enjoy it. I will have to give it a thumbs up great palate cleanser. Get on it, critic. <laughs> you know what's on my list. Oh, I'm gonna need you to clean this palette. Let's move on to um, <laughs> AMC's The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes, there oh, really wow. is no introduction to this particular show. I mean, At this point, this is the way I feel about The Walking Dead. You have heard about it. You know what's out there. If you're not watching it, you're going to
1: great lengths to not watch it like I am. <laughs> <laughs> Only
0: because it's just so much. I've got so many other things going on.
1: Well, you know, this is just returned for the second half of season eight. Eight. Did you hear that? <sighs> uh, now, and multiple showrunners later. And yeah, season exactly. Eight. And everyone, if you've tracked, if you've been with us, been with uh, the Why watch That podcast, Love you have... Love the
0: relationship.
1: Yeah, you've heard the saga of that. <laughs> um, at the moment... I'm still where I was before, where I'm waiting for Negan to go. I'm just, you just there's no getting around it for me. However. But does that
0: make a good bad guy? You want him to?
1: No. Oh, oh. Not when I want to be the one to off him myself. That's different. <laughs> That's not entertainment to me. Like, I don't want to be watch, watching it going, okay, I'm going to take this dude out myself. And we love Jeffrey. We, we, we Yeah! We, he's The casting of Jeffrey D. Morgan is the one thing that kept me watching through this. The one thing. Now, I will say this. When they came back, another character gone. Now, we knew this was coming after uh, watching the first half. Yeah. A
0: big character, uh, yeah.
1: Yes, very, very important to the show, uh, probably uh, endeared to many. Yeah. And uh, we, are we spoiling this or not?
0: No, it's not, because it's already released. Um, If you're anywhere near social media, it's everywhere. So I I
1: can say it. People are mourning Charlie.
0: Carl, right? Carl, Mm -hmm. sorry, not Charlie.
1: Yeah, so this is Rick's son, Yeah. uh, who we watched grow up before our eyes. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: and I'm not even watching it. I've watched him grow up on social media.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the way he went out was fitting. I I thought it was well-planned. Um, and they delivered when they came back after the break, uh, a fitting eulogy to him. Oh. So I, I thought it was actually beautiful work um, from the cast, the writers, everything like that, highly successful. And then we get back to the Negan stuff. Oh boy. Now, something's gonna give when it comes to Negan and I mean Negan literally, and then, you know, cause all, everybody who's in his group is called Negan. All right, <laughs> whatever. No, can we trust certain people who've come over from Negan's side or not? These are the questions. Can we trust the different factions that have gone in with Rick and company to fight against Negan? We will see. Uh, To me, it's fine. And that's it. I'm just not as invested anymore as I was a couple of seasons ago. Okay.
0: Oh, but you're still watching, and so yeah. we
1: will still hear from well, you. Well, I mean, it could turn it. into trash, and I'll still watch for this podcast. Yeah, because so. it's, yeah, yeah, it's there.
0: Deception on ABC uh, is, it came out just this month. It's we're, we're right at season one, mm-hmm. first episode, yeah. and we're going to tell you all about it. Oh, We meaning the critic.
1: <laughs> so deception is deception as in uh, a magician. Mm-hmm. So you think Penn and Teller, mm-hmm. who actually show up on the show. Of course
0: they do. It's an uh, a homage to... Yeah.
1: yeah. You, you know, they make fun of, uh, like, the other magicians of the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all of this is in the first episode. Now, a Jack Holt, uh, Cutmore Scott uh-huh. plays Cameron Black. He's an illusionist. And something happens. I'm actually not going to give it away. No, don't. Something happens... That makes him want to become. A, what do we call it? An adjunct. A, consult- per- a yeah, consultant. Yeah, consultant. A consultant to the FBI. He has ideas about how to solve crimes because there was a plane that had a fugitive on it that went missing, vanished, mm. and, and they, what they thought was it burned down because that's what it looked like—an explosion. The plane is gone. But He's it was like, an
0: illusion. Hey, <laughs> there you go.
1: He's like, no, it's an illusion. I'll show you how. So we know this is going to turn into a procedural
0: mm-hmm.
1: with some serial aspects. Because there is someone very important to him who is behind bars who he wants to get out. So that's the premise here. Uh, now, this is on Sunday nights on it's ABC. It's a tough slot. Tough slot. And it's a Friday night show. hmm that's the problem Friday night or a
0: summer Friday night
1: or call it what you will okay but if it were on a Friday night it would make more sense it's that level of entertainment got it so I I didn't find I wasn't bad to me like I was mildly entertained I just was like it's Sunday <laughs> you
0: yeah. know You're, you got a lot to choose from
1: there you go so so that would be it but if you are interested in, you know, a procedural where, you know, you have this illusionist who makes his jokes and, you know, all of that. He's with the FBI. Uh, uh, the main FBI uh, special agent is uh, played by, let's see how you say this, Ilf- Ilfina Chadera, I believe is how you say it. Okay. Or uh, Layla Robbins. They all play FBI special agents. So, you know, they're hard-nosed and he's the jokester. So, right, you know, right. that's yeah. it.
0: Got it. Yeah. Moving on to, now, talk about uh, saving Grace, yeah. so <laughs> Timeless is back for its season two on NBC, and we know that this was not a scheduled return. No. Meaning they, ate it, you know, from this podcast, that NBC let go of Timeless, and the audio, their fans weren't having it. So now yeah. they're back, and hopefully they're here to deliver and draw in the kind of ratings that their fans demanded. Um, or NBC demanded it in the first place so that the fans could be satisfied with it.
1: Exactly. And um, this is also on Sundays. Ah, see, that's a tough... That's
0: a, I, I think everybody's taking advantage. Game of Thrones isn't around yet. Yeah. And so we're just throwing some stuff out there. Hmm. Yeah.
1: But they still have to fight with um, The Walking Dead. Yeah, but, they do. You know... Um,
0: but it's a different show. So, I mean, if you're...
1: Yeah. It is. It, this is not, you know, it, it's It's all about time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, they are going back in the past. We know that there's this organization that has been <clears throat> a part of history for we don't even know how long now. Ew. So when we come back in this second season, we start to see that their tentacles are deeper than we thought before. Hmm. And maybe they've had agents all over time just waiting to be activated. Oh. So the lead character played by Abigail Spencer.
0: Oh, we know her from
1: Rectify. Rectify, Mad Men. Yeah. 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 So she plays Lucy Preston. She is all wrapped up, not only in this uh, special team that's trying to stop this organization from, you know, doing what they do in regard to history. And, and you know, that's a part of the Department of Homeland Security. She's a part of that team. Uh, But she's also a part of the organization. Now, is she a willing part or not? You have to watch to find out. And she's a part of it because her family, and I won't tell you who, is a part of it as well. Now, she doesn't even know all of the family members she has. She finds out. Okay. Uh So she's torn between the two. And she's a history professor, that's why she got the job in the first place. Now, she's joined by uh, Matt Lanter, who plays Master Sergeant White Logan. So he's the muscle of the team. And Malcolm Barrett, who plays Rufus Carlin, who is a programmer. Of course his name is Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's the nerdy programmer who yeah. doesn't, you know, doesn't want to get hurt. So this is just a fun show. That's what it is. If you like the time travel thing, you want to go back in time, see the history. The costumes. The awkward moments. You know, a little bit of sci-fi. You know, all of that. That's what the show is for. And for the second season, it's only 10 episodes, which I think is smart.
0: Very, very smart. They're testing waters there. Now, this is an unusual network to show up on our podcast. Not because it shouldn't. It's just that the critic for some reason is allergic for the most part but he got over that allergy mary kills people (laughs) it's back for season two uh mary kills people (laughs) yes she does it and uh she's still killing
1: them she's still mary it should be season two should be mary still kills people yeah that's right Mm -hmm. now what's happening in season two now let me just say on Lifetime, sorry. It is that. on Lifetime. That's why it's surprising that I'm watching it. Um, It just hasn't disqualified itself yet. This <laughs> is this is what this podcast has done <laughs> to me. I watch things until they disqualify themselves. And we will get to a show that's ending, and it's not in this episode. One of these episodes, a show that's about to end, it's complete run, we're going to get to, and I will talk about how that disqualified itself, but I still kept watching. Anyway... <laughs> So Mary Kills People is about a woman who helps people in their lives. And these are people who are in the late stages of illness, right? Right. Hospice care, things like that. Uh, So Dr. Kevorkian, that's what you think Right, right. And she, yeah. And she has uh, a sidekick who helps her out. Now, she's being investigated. Of course. But we see some sort of resolution of that in season one. And in season two, her sidekick is locked up. He's been locked up. Uh Uh-oh. And he gets released. He wants to go back to work. And she looks at him and says, well, I figured this out without you and your liability. Ooh. So what's going on there? And at the end of the first episode of season two, there's somebody else who knows what she's up to, has the goods on her, and wants her to not help people in their lives who are suffering, but in the lives of people who don't see it coming instead. Ooh, so she's she might turn into Oh, the
0: the type that you wanna step away in the alley. So Yeah. Mm. hey. And she right. has a
1: daughter as well who's nosy. So there
0: we go again. Okay, there were nosy people. Moving on to a new show on NBC, right after This Is Us's finale, it premiered. It's called Rise. And these are, it's from the producers of Hamilton. Yes, the musical Hamilton. Um, other, Among other things, I have a feeling about this show, but I will keep quiet. Um, <laughs> do tell us about Rise.
1: Yeah, and it also it was created by Jason Kadams, who was a writer on Friday Night Lights and producer, yes. I believe. He uh, created Parenthood, the TV show. Okay. So, chops when it comes to producers. Yeah. So. Now, Rise is set at a high school in Pennsylvania. Of course it is. Uh, now, <laughs> in this high school, football is king. Of course. But they do have a theater program. Of course they do. And it's musical theater. And the question is, of course, are they going to give money to the musical theater program or not? Right? Because it's not important to anybody. Now, a a teacher who's been there for a while decides that he wants to take over this department. And he's played by Josh Radnor. His name is Lou Mazzuccelli. And he's kind of over teaching these kids. Like, we see that. But the person who was currently in charge is played by Rosie Perez. Of course. <laughs> who else? And, you know, exactly. And, you know, she's a taskmaster. Get it, Kapit, come on, get it together. That kind of thing. She doesn't know that he's taken over. She finds out it ain't good. But he has an idea of how to revolutionize this program by doing uh, musicals that aren't grease, but instead are updated. Mm. That are of now. So you're Hamilton's. Or Spring Awakening, which is the one he chooses. Now, if you don't know Spring Awakening, they tell you all about it in the show. So this is a show that goes there, even though it is about teens. It's adult subject matter. Of course. So the question is, how does this all play out? Who's on whose side? And the question is, can he get enough guys to be in the production? And one of the guys he has his eyes on is the star of the football team. Of course. Because in, you know, the musical slash drama fashion, they have this pet rally where he decides to rap and sing, which would never happen. Of course. Happened. Of course.
0: I just can't.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I will say before the ref really just goes to town, what I will say about this is I have to watch the next episode and maybe the third because I can see what they want to do, and if they do it, it could work, it's very difficult. Because they want to bring the musical aspects into it, but still maintain the sense of groundedness and reality, a la Friday Night Lights. It's like Friday Night Lights, the musical. Very tough to do. There were a couple of moments in the first episode where I was like, no, like fail. And one of them was that pet rally, just fail. But there were other moments when I went, okay, you kind of worked it out there. And I will say, what I was dreading was too much studio sound, which they don't do. It's not when they're singing; it doesn't sound like it's necessarily in a studio with a bunch of engineers working on the voices. Um, so, from now, what i would say, everybody, if you're interested in a musical version of Friday Night Lights,
0: <laughs> That's check a tough this out. Sell. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, you've heard my commentary. So, for the people <laughs> on ABC, which is Shonda's latest um so harsh no for the people's great shonda's wonderful oh, you talk about i have moved on <laughs> moved on Woo. shondaland is keeping them coming even though she's moving over to netflix soon she said i will give you this yeah. We know that it's a bunch of lawyers this time we're not dealing with doctors we're not dealing with fixers we're not dealing with lawyers but we're dealing with lawyers. <laughs> but it, this is the interesting part because you're going to tell us about it. This is one, like, each case is, pr- we see both sides of how a
1: case is tackled. And um, the question is, are we excited about it or are we not? Well, you know, this takes over for How to Get Away with Murder. It's taking its time slot since it's over um, for the not season. Not
0: oh yeah, for the season. For the
1: season, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, okay, a law version of Grey's Anatomy. I've seen. Yeah, at the beginning. So we're introduced to a new crop of attorneys who will all be working in the Southern District of New York's Federal Court, which is known as the Mother Court. Okay, this is probably the second most important court in the United States after Absolutely. the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So half of them are going to be AUSAs, so U.S. attorneys, assistant U.S. attorneys. Yeah, yeah. The other half will be federal public defenders. There you go. So they fight against each other. And...
0: They know each course, other.
1: Exactly. Because one relationship, there's a romantic relationship. Uh, the female is the public defender. The male is the AUSA. How is that going to turn out in, in the first episode? You can guess. Yeah. they Some of them are friends, etc. And... This young cast is guided by mm-hmm. very seasoned actors. We have Hope Davis, who yeah. plays the head of the Public Defenders. We have Ben Shankman, who oversees the AUSAs. We have Bonnie Curtis-Hall.
0: Yeah!
1: <laughs> okay, oh my goodness, you will not believe it! From Coming to America, <laughs> who plays the judge. And we have Anna Devere Smith, who plays the clerk, the head clerk, and she ain't for none of it. Get it together, okay? The head clerk usually isn't. Exactly. <laughs> so it, the setup is fine. The cast, I mean, you know, Shondaland, they know how to cast. They yeah, they're it. they're very good at that. They know what they're doing there. And even like Ben Rappaport is in this and all kinds of other people. So what I will say is this, if you like Shondaland, and you liked Grey's Anatomy. It is not as good as Grey's Anatomy's beginning. Not even close. But it smells just like it. And I think that this is something that you need to give probably, you know, if you mm-hmm. like it, what, maybe five episodes. Oh, whoa, that's great. If you like this kind of thing, because you have to give Shondaland time to really figure it yeah. out. Yeah, and to um, show, show yeah. her. Exactly. <laughs> It'll
0: be that scene that you go, oh, okay, what we're
1: doing. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I didn't find it offensive at all, so we're off to a fine start.
0: On the Block on Netflix. Okay.
1: So this is another show about a young group of teens who are living in the neighborhood. They have to go to school. And at this point in their lives, they're about to start high school. Now, you can all imagine what that's like. <laughs> so... What happens is they try to strategize how they're going to go into high school together and survive. Now, this is set in L.A. There is gang activity. Okay. And these are brown children. So it's nice to see that. Now, of the four of them, one of them is a female and something happens to her over the summer. Okay. Another one of them is just very smart. They're all smart, but he's really, really smart. Like he does taxes for people. (laughs) (laughs) But of course he wants a girlfriend. So we see how that plays out. Another one of them, his whole family is in a gang. He doesn't look like he would be in a gang, not even close, but his whole family is. So, you know, he's going to be as well. they get him out of that situation or not. That's one of the major things at the beginning of this season. And the other one, just please, he doesn't want to be involved in any violence, and he cannot keep a secret, but he's keeping one major one from his father, who was uh, a star athlete. His father thinks he's playing for the football team, but he's not. So this is the kind of coming of age story that we're used to. It is from a different perspective. You know, it's kind of like if you take the, the all the fantasy sci-fi stuff out of Stranger Things, On My Block would live there. Yeah. And so far I've watched the first two episodes. It's only about a half an hour per episode. And I'm enjoying it. Is it comedy or drama? It, it's both. It's okay. more comedy. Uh, definitely more comedy. Drama. <laughs> <laughs> So you get more of the comedy than any drama. But they do deal with some issues here. Um, And and if you're interested in this kind of story, I say definitely check, check it out. It's just nice to see it for me. Like, it made me smile watching it, despite all the flaws. I don't care about the flaws watching this.
0: Got it. Mal ending. Yeah. This is us. This is season two finale. It got picked up for season three. It is definitely one of the more anticipated shows, finale at least, during this portion of the year. And the question is, did it or didn't deliver? We both watched the entire season Uh and saw its ups and downs with the ever-emotional family (laughs) that we've been living with for the past two seasons. But this time, it ended on both a high and low note for some of the family members. I mean, we got a serious high and a
1: serious low Let me go here. The penultimate episode. You know, it's one of my favorite words. Yeah, that and titular. (laughs)
0: That and look.
1: (laughs) And and milieu. And milieu. The penultimate episode, I think, is what I've been talking about for this show.
0: That means, listeners, the episode previous to the finale.
1: Yes, the Deja episode, let's call it. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That? is the show. Hello, showrunners of This Is Us. That is your show, (laughs) that episode. When we went through the history of Deja with her mother, with grandma, played by Pam Greer. There she is. We went through all that, and they brought in snippets of all the other storylines at different times when it was appropriate. Parallel. I, Mm -hmm. I found myself holding my breath. The editing, the writing, the acting, it was all clicking. Nothing was lingering too long. I thought it was a stellar episode of television. And a sneaky tearjerker at the end. And this is what we've been talking about, Ref. Knock the people out. Or well, why are we watching this? Yeah. Like, you have all of the ingredients. Go do it. People should be laying on the floor crying after every episode of this show. Every episode. So that, to me, is the high-water mark. And I think they've had a lot of great episodes in this season. Absolutely. Yes. But most of them, or all of them, surround Randall. They do. And
0: also, let's be honest here. Yep. That was the case season one, as well, with the father coming back. Mm. And the question was, from going from season one after the father died to season two, is, how are you going to fill that void? Yeah, Because that was a serious, that was an amazing storyline that really trumped everything else. And Randall's storyline trumped again. But we do have some highlights, some other highlights we talked about. Milo continues to shine as the father. Yes. Um, and we found out this season that he has a brother. <laughs> so where is he? What yeah. is he doing? They're, they're kind of, uh, they're teasing us a little bit with yep. the brother.
1: Yep, they sure are. And with the younger version of Bilo.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what what's to come with that, right? And they introduced in this season ref oh, as we discussed. Yeah. Flashing forward. You liked that. I did. It's so smart because we we need to expand this thing. Yeah. So go ahead and let's find storylines that matter. Not storylines that you manufacture, because some of them are there. Well, so let's yeah. get to the stuff that really matters, the stuff that really clicks in your gut. And it's interesting, because, you know, I talked to my mother about this show, Ref, and she was like, oh, <clears throat> what does all of this mean at the end, right, in that last episode, where we saw some of the flash-forwards?
0: We, we saw two flash-forwards, just right. to let everybody know. A very distant future.
1: Mm-hmm. Where they future. say, where they go, oh, I think it's time that we have to go see her. Now, who's yes. the her? I think and, I know who it is, but I'm, I'll am i just say It ain't who hey. they Who they... I think don't think they, it's...
0: No, yeah. it's not. Yep, they yep.
1: think that we're going to connect it yep. to a certain person because it's obvious. No.
0: No, it's going to be the other one. Mm. I, well, anyway, that's a lot of code. But they also <laughs> flash forward in a year.
1: Yeah, somebody's what, on a plane. I,
0: somebody's on a plane with a new relationship. Ooh. Somebody who was at a very high point in his life is at a very low point in his life where you're thinking, how did we get here again? Yeah. And then we also find out in this last episode, as you know, you you saw the marriage happen, and you can pretty much guess how that ends. But we also saw one character freak out. And just like, as everybody was celebrating this particular character, took a very dark turn.
1: Yeah, and that was obvious that it was coming. It was coming. Obvious. Um, And and we'll see what happens when they pick it up in season three. And I do want to say that um, this budding romance, I like. I like the beginning of it. I like who they cast it. And I will be interested to see where that goes. So I think that um, overall, Ref, and, and you can chime in with what you think, Um, The second season definitely is an improvement on the first, and uh, I hope they continue to really nail down what this show is at its core. And don't hold back. Give us what we want.
0: Mm, I will end it with this. This Is Us is one of those shows that you come to the table expecting for emotions to be high. You come to the table expecting... Huge dramatic moments within the regular, and I and put in quotes, lives of these people. But I will have to note this, and I'm not going to go as in detail as our private discussion. The issue that I have with this is us is that sometimes some of the characters are not very likable. And I know I probably get stoned, I, people are like, what? I'm not talking about Randall or his clan, (laughs) anybody involved in Randall. I'm talking about some other characters that are underdeveloped, as we we were talking about. And then they just kind of come across as a little ungrateful at certain points, especially they've gone through so much as a family. So I hope in the season coming up that they'll start to explore a more, a deeper healing, we'll say that healing for this family because obviously the father the patriarch meant a lot to all the kids and the mother and everybody involved hopefully they'll start to heal from that with these flash forwards we'll get to see now their journey and their path path so um i'm just not sure how they're going to deal with the dad at this point i am such a huge fan of his work so there we go with this is us on nbc done Yes. You have a chance, listeners, to list, to watch a ton of these shows. These are pretty fresh, which means they're probably still on Hulu. They're probably still on the various networks' um, apps. So if you want to check them out, I would, I would advise, I think we both would advise, go there quickly before they take it down, and you have to wait until it gets back on, you know. Sometimes they like to sell it on DVD. Go now you have a favorite show you haven't caught up on, go now. And in the meantime, we'll keep you in the know with television. And because you've been a good boy critic, I will throw you (laughs) your potato.